Senator from Red State Talk Radio. Seven. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tory Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is April 10th, 2019, and it's Wednesday. It's hump day. For some reason, I thought it was Thursday today. With all that's going on through the news, I just assumed that we were already at Thursday. So I even mentioned that yesterday on my show that I was having Cindy um, Gomez-Shemp on today. It's actually Thursday. I did say Thursday, but I said tomorrow. So that is actually tomorrow, Thursday, for two hours where we will be breaking down the border. Uh, so, wow, right? It seems as if this week is moving fast. We have a lot of things happening. Uh, you know, BB won again in Israel. Incredible that he won those elections. We've got Brexit heating up. We have the insane Democratic Party pretty much foaming at the mouth right now in respects to how successful the president is. Right before I went live on air, I published a little piece in which I mentioned the two tools that the Democratic Party have, the only weapons actually that they have, to be able to win, or not win, I'm sorry, there's no chance that they can win, but to be competitive uh, during the 2020 cycle. Uh, We're seeing a lot of people take sides from that mayor from Washington. Uh, People are really pushing Beto. Yang, like I said, is coming up in the ranks. And today we have Bernie Sanders announcing the Medicare for All Bill Act that he is introducing. Uh, You know, a communist is going to commie, right? And so... So many things are happening, but we are so distracted with these, um, I would say, narratives that we're not paying attention to the goods, not paying attention to exactly what's important, what is in the news that is important, and how it's being pushed. I want to play for you a video because in the article, I, I also mention it. The two tools that the Democratic Party are going to use is voter fraud. We all know that. They can't win, uh, uh, you know, fairly. They've never won fairly. And censorship. And I address both those things because, again, yesterday the president's Twitter account was censored in the name of copyright. Uh, So the video was actually reproduced by someone else. I've put it in the article. You can see it. I've just put it out there. Uh, And now what I'd like to do is play a video clip from James O'Keefe. Project Veritas actually got a voter in New Hampshire to admit of double voting, double casting. And believe it or not, 
instead of saying thank you to this investigative journalist, instead of saying thank you to people that are pointing out the wrongs, the Attorney General of New Hampshire sent a subpoena to Project to James O'Keefe himself. So basically, they want to find out how did you find this out and why are you looking into this? Wouldn't you want citizens who want control of their country to be asking questions? Only in Gestapo-type regimes are citizens not allowed to ask questions. So take a listen to this video. Let me restart this. And then I will go through the subpoena that was sent to him. Not be voting anymore in Florida. Robert Bell's ex-wife is shocked. What you're about to see is a man who admits to breaking Florida, New Hampshire, and federal laws by voting twice. Yeah, I was down there for a funeral, and so I voted in early voting. Oh, you early voted in Florida in yeah. 2018, and then yeah. you voted in person in the polls here in New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, I guess I did. The man is confessing. Video doesn't lie. Because we go to the Board of Elections to verify our data, and it had that he voted here in person. Like early voting? Like for the last three elections. So he's still voting in Florida? That's what it said. That's what they told us. Do you happen to also have a residence in Florida? I used to. They still let you, were able to let you vote down there in Florida in 18? Yeah, I was still on the uh, photo list. ProjectVeritas.com slash Brave. Did you guys see that? You heard it. I not see it. But this is exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. That people are, are literally double voting for the Democratic Party. This is how they get votes. And listen to what they said. He's done this for the past three elections. For the past three. And I've been very vocal about this because uh, these driver's license, for example, that they're issuing in Minnesota, right, for illegals. The problem for me isn't the fact that they're getting driver's license, whatever. They're already here. We can't just kick them. Well, I'd like for us to just remove them, but we can't. You know, these are people that have been here for a while. It's really hard to just kick someone out. They have to go through the motions, go through court, etc. And I understand the argument of saying, oh, they should be licensed because what if they hit someone? How are they going to have insurance? Yeah, but then they're on the voters roll too. Those that have driver's license are automatically put on voter rolls because that's how they populate them. Here is um, uh, more of this video from Project Veritas. Take a listen. Hold on. Let's. But but we're about to approach the door of Mr. Bell. Hey, Mr. Bell. We have you on video uh, admitting to voting twice. I'm sorry. I'm on a phone call. And we have your ex-wife, Sharon. He should not be voting anymore in Florida. Oh, you early voted in Florida in yeah. 2018, and then yeah. you voted in person in the polls here in New Hampshire? Uh, yeah, I guess I did. The man is confessing. Sharon uh, says you should not have voted twice. Your, your ex- Excuse me, you're interrupting a telephone call. You, uh, go you, away. You voted twice, it's a crime. Why did you break the law? Uh, it is a crime to vote twice. And, oh, yes. It's illegal to film me here. So I will report you all to the police. Please do, sir. Uh, it's also illegal to vote twice, and we have the camera out in the open. Well, I think we're going to head to Concord, New Hampshire, to alert Bill Gardner, the Secretary of State, about the video. Be a catalyst for change. 
people. Okay, so the reason I'm playing this for you guys is to understand what happened uh, to James O'Keefe. Okay, I want you to see how the government is not happy when people ask questions. The government is not happy when people are investigating things. So the New Hampshire Attorney General, Gordon McDonald, actually responded very swiftly to what um, he did. This is a write-up from Project Veritas, okay? But the response that Project Veritas James O'Keefe received was not to investigate the crimes committed or the fact that there were people voting twice and there's a problem with election integrity, but it's a, it's, it was a subpoena to the free press um, to, and I'll read this to the subpoena from them. You are required to appear before the grand jury of Hillsborough County Northern uh, Judicial District, sitting at the Hillsborough County Courthouse, 300 Chestnut Street, Manchester, New Hampshire, in said county on the 17th day of May 2019 at 9 o'clock the forenoon and every day thereafter until your testimony is completed to testify to what you know relating to an investigation by the grand jury into the operations of Project Veritas. What? So wait a minute. Instead of the attorney general prosecuting... Those people that have, you know, violated the most sacred covenant of being a free person in the United States, which is the vote. Your vote is the most important thing you have. They are pursuing the the investigations of Project Veritas that led to the voter identification laws and the civil penalties paid to the FEC. Hold on a second. So they want to find out how they found out that people were voting, saying that it's wrong for you to ask questions. It's wrong for you to point these things out. This, you know, this investigation is just to promote the fact that our elections uh, or the process of elections have no integrity anymore. This attitude from the attorney general is horrific. It is horrific. This is the news, guys. This is what we should be interested in. Not what the parrots are telling you. Not what they're going by. All of them are narrating the same garbage. This is news. A man who is undercover investigating across the nation and, geez, James, you know, your cojones along with many of us out there are so big because we're doing exactly what every single person listening to me now on the air should be doing. And that's asking questions. The government statism is not a religion. They are not our God. They are accountable to us. And when we find that they roll over and allow such perversions of justice to happen, such perversions to our constitution occur and they uphold them and they keep them concealed, that should be a concern for everyone. They are seeking to criminalize investigative reporting. It's as if they can't believe that people that are not part of CNN or NBC or any other uh, mainstream media outlet can have great sources. I mean, I felt the same heat when people were like, did you have prior knowledge to the Mandan massacres? It's like, come on, seriously? Like, I have better sources than CNN. Is that so hard to believe? Maybe I'll just start telling people I'm psychic and this is how I know everything. Because apparently... 
It's criminal to investigate the government. It's criminal to report their crimes. It's criminal to, to, to ask questions. Blocking the First Amendment rights of news gathering and publishing news. Huh. That kind of action only motivates us to expose more of their fraud, more of their crimes, more of their collusion against the people, and more of reporting their fraud and waste, more of their uh, relationships with the media to keep the people in the dark. That's the only thing it does. Can you guys believe that the New Hampshire government did this? And you know what? It's being done to me too. It started a while back when I started exposing crimes. Happens to all of us. They want to investigate you. Why are you asking questions? Who are you? Can't you just do your job and keep your head down and stop asking us to be accountable for what we do? Look at what's going on with Laura. She's been banned on everything. A lot of us have. They violate your privacy. They violate your rights. And then they seek to criminalize you. Paint this picture of someone that is asking questions to be criminal. This is communism. This is authoritarianism. This is indicative of a country that is not free. All of us out there claiming we need to investigate the investigators. Yes, we do. And it's not just in Washington, D.C. It's across the nation. For anyone that raises their head, they seek to snip it. All of you should be out there. Project Veritas, they've put their number there. They've put their email there. They want you. We all want you to join the fight because this is our country, not theirs. We are in charge, not them. They work for us, not the other way around. It is horrible what we are seeing. And the fact that this isn't getting more traction in the mainstream media gives it more merit. Where are all our conservative mainstream media to talk about this? Why isn't this at the top of the news of Fox, of OAN, Of everybody, everybody should be talking about this. They are trying to criminalize anyone that is asking questions. How is this happening? Why are we allowing this? To subpoena him so that the grand jury can investigate him and indict him for asking questions. Pretty incredible. Yet we have a person in Congress like Ilhan Omar who spoke to people out in California and asked them to rise up and take the fight to the streets. And so some did answer that call, right? Some did. It was only just a few days after her speech that a guy walked off work. He walked off his job and decided that he is going to make people pay. This gentleman walked out of his job on March 26th, and he was ready. He wanted to find out how he's going to cause a lot of damage, kill a lot of people, 
make us pay, make us understand that Islam is the key. So he went around looking for a large vehicle so that way he can run over a lot of people. And his thought with his own words was, I'll just keep driving till I kill as many and I'll just drive, drive, drive. And he was ready to die for his cause. So he stole a U, he stole a U-Haul. He drove it around, thought maybe I'll go to the airport. But you know, the time of day wasn't perfect for him to find large crowds. He even tried to penetrate the airport to see where he can cause most damage. Walked around in dulls, you know, checked out the security because his plan was to plow through a crowd like they did in France and in New York. We had someone in New York do that. But, you know, that's that's curious as to why that wasn't brought up in the indictment when it was put together by the FBI. That's really curious, isn't it? So he decided to take the U-Haul that he stole that was bigger than his four-door sedan and drive down to the National Harbor in Maryland where he cased the place on Wednesday, March 27th. He wanted to create chaos. He wanted to make people feel pain. He was ready to die to do this. Thank you, Ilhan Omar. This is what you put forward. This hate. You called upon a jihad to our president, and she sits in the House of Congress. It is disgusting. It is ridiculous. It should be unacceptable. How is she still sitting there? The same question can be asked is, how is the Attorney General in New Hampshire not investigating the crimes of election integrity, but investigating the people, the people that are calling out the crime since they're not doing it? This man on Thursday was caught. They found the U-Haul that was stolen, returned it, and they found the defendant uh, who has been arrested trying to evade police officers. They arrested him. He confessed. And he's being held in jail. And this is because Omar stated it. Listen to the clip from the, new, the local news there. Jay-Z, breaking news. An alleged terror plot at National Harbor is thwarted. Hello, everybody. I'm Mary Bubala. And I'm Rick Ritter. Investigators have charged a Montgomery County man accusing him of planning an ISIS-inspired attack. The Department of Justice says 28-year-old Rondell Henry stole a U-Haul van with the intention of using it as a weapon to hit people along the sidewalk. According to the detention memo, for two years, Henry has harbored hatred for those who do not practice the Muslim faith. He is expected in court tomorrow if can Convicted Henry faces a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. Wow. And this is what Ilhan Omar has done. She has increased and gave voice to those people that seem to, 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 to seem to be fanatics of the Islam religion. Because again, it's not a broad brush to Islam as a faith in whole. It's not. It's not. But it is the easiest one to be radicalized because radicalization is promoted in the Quran. We are in the most gruesome, fearsome times. Remember Hitler, 
had the mainstream media supporting him, purporting him, pushing him, going behind him. The Nazis didn't rise to power by themselves and only word of mouth. I mean, it takes a lot, right? You've got a, a man who was a dropout, who had a silver tongue and, and dripped his mouth every time he spoke, was like honey to what? To people that were fed up. He spoke to them with socialist ideas, but he had greatness in mind. He wanted to take both a socialistic community, a communism of greatness where he chooses who participates and who does not. This man had countries, Western countries, developed countries kneel before him within days they have fallen. You think that can happen so easily? How did London fall so quick? How did France fall so quick? Nobody asked these questions, right? You're not allowed. He was a maniac. Now look at the radical Islamic terrorist. They're again being supported by the mainstream media to infiltrate and take over every single facet of the Western civilization while the Chinese sit on the side and eat popcorn in, and, and laughing at us because that is their plan. They want world domination, but they're not going to fight for it. No, no, no. They don't have to. They're just going to be the last one standing. The Chinese have learned through eons of existence that any time a leader through any dynasty, the latest being Mao decided, Hey, we're at a point where we can like grow. We will allow people to move into China, become Chinese, be part of us and just grow our army and become big. It didn't work. Every time they got greedy, they failed. So they realized patience is indeed the ultimate virtue and you will allow your enemy or your goal to happen on, t- on its own. They will allow Western civilization to collapse. They're okay with not allowing migrants into their country. They're saying, sorry, we're full. We're even regulating how many children we have. We're good. Even though they have the majority of the Chinese land owned by China, like China territory, right? Over 70% is undeveloped. Meaning no houses. They've got land if they want. They can populate and become one of the most, they are already one of the most populated uh, countries on the planet. They have 14% of the global population is Chinese living in China. We only represent 4%. They don't take migrants because why? You can't get migrants to get your plan that's embedded in your culture. Let's look after our youth. And have our elderly foster back to them culture. We will force our youth to foster the elderly and take them out, you know, till their last dying breath and hold their hand. Because if you respect your elders, you respect your culture and you respect the ultimate goal of your nation, which is to be patient and be the last one standing. This is why they're so compliant with these socialist communistic ideologies, such as social, um, social, social credit scoring systems. This is why they don't allow migrants. <laughs> Have you ever tried to become a Chinese citizen? You can't. I'll let you work for a bit, but that's about it. 
while we're on fire and being invaded, they're having popcorn. And just like President Trump said, the Chinese are the only real enemy and they are so smart. They're taking advantage of the plan that the West has to conquer the whole world and bring it under their one government while they plan to see how they can execute to fight back if they actually succeed that. They're infiltrating every part of their intelligence. They're monitoring every single communication. The Chinese are 10 steps ahead of everyone on the planet. Not because they want to attack, but they want to be ready that if their plan actually rolls out and is successful, and there is one world order, that they have all the tools they need to take them down. But now with President Trump in office, this plan of the globalists is thwarted and he sees and understands what the Chinese are doing. And he said it many times. They're smart. No one asked, Hey, aren't you going to say, Hey, I'm raising tariffs here for your imports, but you're not putting any tariffs on. Did you say anything? No. Why should I? I'm benefiting from it. This is how it is. This is how people who think they're smarter than the others are and perpetuate guys, the Chinese aren't stupid. They're smart. They understand that it's not about attacking. It's not your offense. It's your defense. They will wait and they will be patient for global domination. They will wait until everyone is kneeled down because you know what happens and they know this, that if it's not embedded in your culture and you want to control human beings that do not succumb to culture, that do not accept and embrace culture, that they will rise up. So even if they succeeded and created this one world government, do you think it would be far long before the people lift their heads and say no more? It won't. We're seeing it now across the globe. Thanks to people like president Donald J. Trump who threw a wrench into their operations. We need to be more astute. We need to be paying attention to what's really going on and what the real news are. I'll see you all after a bit. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855 855- 
Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. And you can always find me here Monday through Friday on Red State Talk Radio, 12 to 2 Eastern Time. So continuing with the theme of actual real news and things we need to pay attention to, uh, a lot of people don't read articles, don't listen to full videos. um, And, you know, that's because our attention spans are so small these days. So, so tiny. Um, and I get it because we are bombarded with media left and right from our TVs to our phones to our online, um, uh, you know, access, social media, YouTube, you name it. We get bombarded and I get it. But I want to play a clip where Tom Fitton, which I swear this guy, every time he drops, you know, a subpoena or a lawsuit or a FOIA request, he like, it's like pumping iron for me uh, because it looks like he's just getting stronger and stronger every time he files one. So anyway, here is an update from him, his weekly update in regards to the fraudulent dossier that was made. We all know Hillary Clinton paid for it. He talks about Platte River Networks. I actually wrote an article through Big League Politics um, discussing uh, Hurricane electric um it's an actual company um take a listen to what he says in 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 large measure there was always wanting an effort to overturn the president but the coup began with the appointment of the Mueller special counsel operation you had a discussion between rod rosenstein andrew mccabe the sent the then acting fbi director fired for misconduct since then about wearing a wire on the president and invoking the 25th Amendment illicitly to overthrow him. Also part of that discussion was the corrupt appointment of Robert Mueller, who had interviewed for the FBI position, I think, the day before he was appointed. So he was inherently conflicted from investigating the very issue he was hired uh, to do uh, because he had sought the job of FBI director. He was being asked to investigate 
how that job opening occurred. Uh, it's just incredible violations of any uh, sense of uh, fairness and uh, any, any, any rule related to the conflict of interest that supposedly govern Justice Department actions. Uh, but when it comes to getting President Trump, all bets are off. So uh, you had this uh, then aggressive effort by the Mueller special counsel operation, harass the president. And it was all based on, in large measure, this fraudulent dossier created by the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton's campaign secretly, of course. Uh, and the dossier was known to be um, basically uh, uh, it was known that the dossier had no credibility. Robert Mueller in January of 2017 admitted that it was minimally corroborated when he showed it to the president in an attempt to, in my view, intimidate him and uh, trying to keep his job the same way J. Edgar Hoover allegedly did with various presidents. So then, then uh, that didn't stop the deep state and Mr. Mueller from continuing to pursue this fraudulent piece of information to harass the president. And in large measure, it was uh, in this last year, the beginning of last year, where they indicted some Russians related to the hacking or uh, Russia involvement in setting up fake Facebook accounts where they spent $100,000 or so uh, to try to influence the election. So there were some indictments there, but of course there were Russians, and the indictments never went out of their way, and in terms of the public comments about that by the Justice Department, they went out of their way to say there were no Americans knowingly involved in this. So they knew a year ago there was no collusion. So despite that, they continued to harass the president, and we now finally have the Mueller report. Of course, they kept that 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 conclusion, I guarantee you, they made away from the American people through an election cycle. So there's potential corruption there. And now they created this gargantuan report, 400, nearly 400 pages, uh, where they admit there was no evidence of Russia collusion with President Trump. No evidence. That means the dossier was a fraud and a fake. And on top of that, they uh, came up with this uh, smear job part of the report based on Barr's analysis uh, or uh, Attorney General Barr's description of it saying that there was no obstruction of justice or they didn't have any evidence to work, get them to file an obstruction of justice charge, although they said that the, he wasn't exonerated of obstruction of justice. Barr rightly saw through that garbage and said, no, there is no obstruction of justice and we're not filing any charges and we're not concluding there would be obstruction of justice here. So uh, the deep state has been unhappy with the way Barr has described the Mueller report. Now, you may recall, if you watch us here repeatedly, that I have always opposed the very idea of a Mueller report. The, the notion that the Justice Department could write a report, especially on the president's decision making, as to whether to hire or fire or whatever any personnel like the FBI director, James Comey, is just completely absurd. So the Justice Department now has the ability to comment on the president's hiring and firing practices and gets to decide whether or not it's obstruction of justice? That's ridiculous. And is it going to be applied to the Justice Department internally as well? If a prosecutor declines to 
file a charge or, uh, or files charges and leaves others on the table, are we going to now investigate them for obstruction of justice? It doesn't make any sense. And it makes less sense, obviously, for the president, who's elected by the people of the United States, to run the executive branch to abuse the Justice Department to investigate him for firing the FBI director. So what happened this week is that uh, the Mueller operation began leaking to the Washington Post and to the state and to the New York Times that there was more to the Mueller report than Mr. Barr had summarized and it may make the president look bad. Well, that's no surprise. I've been warning you of that since the get-go. Now, just because there's a, another dossier out there, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone like Attorney General Barr wouldn't see through, as I say, the smears and come to the conclusion, as evidently even Mr. Mueller did, there was no Russia collusion and there was nothing credible to suggest an obstruction of justice charge. So, uh, but it shows you the coup effort against President Trump continues. And sure enough, now what goes on when you have documents like this that uh, potentially can be publicly released, there's a process that the government goes through. It's always too slow. I don't need any lectures from anyone here in Washington, D.C. or anyone in the media about what transparency is. I've been here at Judicial Watch for 20 years. We've been doing this work for 25 years. Judicial Watch knows what transparency is. We know what the law requires. We fought virtually every issue that's under debate right now for grand jury material, executive privilege material, internal Justice Department documents, FBI documents, you name it. Judicial Watch has litigated it. So guys, uh, you know, I, I let the whole clip play because it's important that you listen to his words. Obviously, all of us listening right now and some that are on the fence, oh, I don't know, maybe it was me. We realize that this was a coup. This was a coup against the people of the United States. They lost a rigged election. Then they mitigated it by trying to convince the world, not just the people of the United States, but the whole world that our president is a Russian agent. Could you imagine the way Russia sees it? Wow. It is embarrassing. It's kind of like when people are like, uh, you know, people are saying things that run a line with what I say on Facebook on local matters. And they're like, Hey, is this another profile of yours? I don't have multiple Facebook profiles. <laughs> I don't hide. That's what, that's what the corrupt, you know, paid for tweeting like Ed Krasserstein. You know how many Twitter accounts he has possibly tons because he follows most of them. This is how stupid they are. They will only blame you and, and point fingers at you for stuff you did that you didn't because they've done it. Isn't it amazing how Bill Barr says, indeed, the president was being wiretapped in 2016. How many people laughed at him? 
How many people said, that doesn't happen in America. You're so stupid. It turns out he was right. When people call you crazy for what you say, feel proud. Because they're the ones stuck in that matrix. They're the ones drinking the Kool-Aid they can't see straight. They're the ones that refuse the truth because they're slaves to the fake news. They're slaves to the lies. Too busy picking out their backsplash. Platte River Networks. Look at a Perkins Coy article that I wrote on ToriSays.com. You could just put the word Perkins Coy in it. I told you how they handed over Hillary Clinton's email server. It was a visual copy, meaning she chose what to provide. She chose. She chose what to give them. Pretty interesting, huh? You know, a lot of people, just like he said, like to educate about transparency and what the law says to people that work within judicial watch. They want to educate people. There's a lot of us out there that understand our rights, that understand how things should happen. And we speak up and that is exactly what each and every one of you should be doing. You shouldn't be hiding. You shouldn't be worried to voice your opinion, but that's what they do. They make an example of people. You dare lift your head? You dare speak? Well, how do you know this? Let's investigate you. Why are you speaking? What is your motivation? Can't be that you're supporting the Constitution. Why not? Well, we haven't seen real patriotism or people fighting for freedom in in decades. So that can't be it. That's basically how it goes. Why are people waking up now? We need to investigate every single person that speaks up because they must be part of some militia or some problem or why are they getting information? Look what they're doing to James O'Keefe. He's been out there doing the same thing for years and now they want to criminalize what he's doing. Just like they try to criminalize Justice Watch, Clayman, all of them. Every single person asking questions is under a microscope monitored 24-7. Why? They want to know how you know. But people, some people, are so blind to see what's really going on. You know what's really going on this week. Let me draw your attention to our military. Let me draw your attention to what's really important. But before I do that, let's listen to what's going on in New York. You know, I remember back in the, in the 80s when I was a little kid, I got the measles. I had little red spots everywhere, and I remember hiding behind a bush somewhere in Queens because I was embarrassed for people to see me. I didn't die. But apparently now, you are forced to get vaccinations in New York City. You are not allowed to be a free person and say, I do not want this in my body. Listen. Listen to what they say. Williamsburg today to deal with a very serious situation. This is the epicenter of a measles outbreak uh, that is very, very troubling and must be dealt with immediately. The message today for all New Yorkers is to take measles seriously. And you're going to hear from Dr. Palacio and Dr. Barbeau just how dangerous this disease can be. This outbreak has been spreading. There are almost 300 cases already. 
overwhelmingly in Brooklyn. And to give you a sense of what uh, troubling development this is, it's a huge spike. We saw only two cases in New York City in 2017. So we have a very serious situation on our hands. We cannot allow this dangerous disease to make a comeback here in New York City. We have to stop it now. Today, we are declaring a public health emergency effective immediately. This will mandate vaccines for people living in the affected area. Department of Health will issue violations and fines to people who remain unvaccinated. The only way to stop this outbreak is to ensure that those who have not been vaccinated get the vaccine. Uh, it's crucial for people to understand the measles vaccine works. It is safe. It is effective. It is. So now I'm not uh, a, a big anti-vaxxer. I'm about transparency. I'm about safety. I'm about spreading, oh, oh, you know, vaccines across a, le- a longer, lengthier, you know, span of time because of the heavy metals that they possess. But for them to say that it's mandatory... How are you a free person? If you are forced to put something in your body, is this how it starts? What is so specific about that area? Because I remember a time when you had the measles, your parents would throw parties so other parents can bring their kids so they could get chicken pox and measles. Wasn't deadly then. How is it deadly now? This is pure insanity. Insanity for people that don't seem to understand What has happened? What has changed in 30 years when before we were throwing parties so our kids can get it and now it's so dangerous that you are forcing every single person to get a vaccine to which the contents they are not privy to? No. What? You can't take the vaccine, go analyze it in your own lab and say, okay, I'm okay with it. You're not allowed to know what's in it. You're just going to have to take it because we said so. Statism. New religion. That is a new religion. Don't see how people don't see that. But you know, I also don't see how people don't see what's in the news, what is the reality. The reality is that what you see unfolding and you think is mitigation for their orchestrated plan against us, against the people of the United States, was actually us setting them up. <laughs> That's the key. And people still haven't figured that out. That we set them up, setting us up. If you want to take out a big enemy, you're okay if your friend throws you under the bus, aren't you? I'm okay with it. Tell that to my kids, you know, when they're having a problem with a friend, boyfriend, whatever it is. I'm like, hey, you know, just say, my mom's being crazy and she wants to hang out with me, so I can't. I'm like, throw me under the bus. Whatever it is to assist, throw me under the bus. Because friends throw each other under the bus for a purpose. People are not paying attention. They're not paying attention to what's going on in the military. They're not paying attention to all these announcements that have happened modernizing our military, updating how we train our soldiers, new equipment, like not being able to be heat detected when you're fighting. Yeah, you didn't hear about that, did you? How 
this Space Force slash NASA slash Space Initiative have been making tons of announcements. How, how they have been advancing all our technology for war. I mean, like sci-fi level technology. And we're also having some breaking information coming out on the Benghazi end. You think we forgot about Benghazi? Who forgets about Benghazi? No one does. Yeah, nobody heard about that. Nobody heard how a judge allowed a Libyan militant that was accused of, uh, you know, being part of these Benghazi roles who we have in our custody discuss what really happened. The defense said that the militant, his name is Alimam, Mustafa Alimam. He was, you know, mentally incapacitated, you know, and seasick um, when he agreed at that point to speak to Americans um, on a Navy vessel a couple of um, uh, days when they abducted him in Libya. Remember, four Americans, including our U.S. ambassador, were murdered in the most horrific way. This man was convicted in 2017 under President Trump of terrorism-related counts, but he was acquitted of murder, and he got 22 years in jail. Al-Imam had at one point just, you know, provided information to support the terrorists that actually executed the, the murders of our four brave Americans that were brutally murdered, including our Ambassador Stevens. We need to understand that we are not letting things go. We are holding people accountable for crimes that they've committed because this is the only way that we can remove them from the government. Our military has been very active in the name of our security, but more so global security. And I don't think people see that. I mean, we're fighting on many fronts. We're fighting an invasion, invasion, Millions of people heading our way. Millions, not thousands, like like 10,000. We're talking hundreds of thousands of persons coming to our borders, marching every day. Who is paying them? How are they coming? This week is so huge, and we are getting only a sliver of it from the mainstream media. The fact that Netanyahu won again is a victory, a huge victory. And if you all saw it, during his victory speech, we had Trump flags being waved in the crowds in another country, just like we see it in Australia, the United Kingdom, Germany, France. They're all waving flags of Trump, 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 because they all wish they had a president like ours, a president that is going against the grain, against the current and saying enough. We need to stop this. And he is using our nation that was the one perpetrating and guiding all these atrocities against 
the free people of the planet with us because we were the head of that serpent. And this is why we see previous administrations meeting with heads of the EU. The EU is collapsing. Have you guys seen any of the videos where they're talking about Brexit? How Scotland so stupidly stood up and said, we need a second referendum. We need to, you know, um, have another referendum for this. We need this. And they even, even Theresa May called them out and said, are you dumb? Because what you are debating for is to exclude, like you were for getting Scotland out of the UK, which meant you would be out of the EU. But now suddenly you want to be remaining in the EU because you're part of the UK. It's contradictory. People don't even know if they're going or coming. These people are insane. These people are sick. Still surprised that the queen hasn't announced a state visit yet. Also surprised that President Moreno arriving to Washington, D.C. next week hasn't been announced yet. Geez, if people actually paid attention, if people paid attention to what really matters in our nation right now, if people paid attention to what's really going on, our military is making investments in some crazy sci-fi stuff. We are holding people accountable left and right. I mean, guys... Weren't the pharmas being questioned about why they raised the cost to insulin? Aren't they being fleeced there? Look who's purporting. Why don't they want to decriminalize marijuana? Because they can't regulate it. Because if you can grow your own plant and find a seed from somewhere else that is not guided or monitored through them, and if they don't have control of who grows it and who sells it and who makes it, they can't control you. Maybe they can create outbreaks like measles. That was never a problem back in the days, but it's only a problem now. Now, when we have technology 30 years later, that is 30 years better, right? 30 years, I guess, in technology is like, what, 3,000? I mean, a phone you buy today is obsolete tomorrow, isn't it? And now they panic about measles. Pretty crazy. These are all things we should all be thinking about. Why aren't we getting the real news? Why aren't we listening to the attacks on the people? Why aren't we thinking a little bit? This is where you need to think a little bit. Everyone just waits for drops, for secretive. Listen to yourself. You can see it yourself. You don't need the sources I have or whoever else has. You can see it yourself. Parse it out. Parse it out. That's what you have to do. You have to parse it out. I'll see you all right after this break. And I'll have Scott Adams join me so we could talk about what's in the news cycle with a bit of a twist. See you all in a few. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing 
news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always find me here Monday through Friday on Red State Talk Radio, 12 to 2 Eastern Time. And you can follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. And you can always join our Facebook group, Red State Talk Radio Facebook group, where we share a lot of content and um, have discussions on uh, breaking and news that's of importance. Um, for this second half of the hour, I have Scott Adams coming to us from, uh, the Scott Adams show. He is, uh, with us online. He has a great show, uh, from early in the morning until the afternoon. And you can find all his shows without commercials on scottadamshow.com. Scott, welcome to the Tory Says Show. How are you? Hey, Tori. Doing great. Great. Well, feeling, uh, I'm feeling really good about what's happening in Washington and what's happening in Israel. Yeah. I mean, we, th- the thing about Israel is people are not seeming to understand how across the globe right now, up until the end of May, we have elections going on everywhere. And um, this Mueller report not being released, this new version, obviously a moneymaker, right? It's a moneymaker for the mainstream media because that's going to give them some more news to talk about. Uh, won't be released for at least another week. And that that's to allow Brexit to happen first with a no deal Brexit or whatever they come to. And also, uh, you know, they're going to be very careful on what they release because we have uh, the EU elections coming along, too. Uh, So in my first hour, I was telling people about news they're not hearing about news that should be of importance, like the fact that Project Veritas is now, um, you know, been subpoenaed to see a grand jury for their investigations, criminalizing uh, independent journalists, criminalizing the free press, and uh, also uh, discussing many other things that the, that, that the public you know, doesn't have access to because the mainstream media ensures that it's out of the news cycle. What do you find you know, in the past three days, which have been super busy, is of importance right now to discuss? William Barr's uh, testimony has uh, given really great indication that uh, that he's going to be uh, that is that Mar- uh, Israel Horowitz, um, Michael Horowitz, Michael Horowitz uh, has a FISA warrants and he has an investigation. He's going to be delivering the goods for the FISA um, for the FISA investigation, but then he's also opening uh, putting together and establishing a team to go after the counterintelligence. And he today uh, on Capitol Hill testified that he knows and has that there has been spying. He wants to find out whether the spying had credibility or not, or whether there was any motivating factors to uh, grant license to it. And we know that the answer to that is no. Then you got President Trump tweeting up a storm, not only talking about Michael Kobat's remittance, uh, ending the remittance on Mexico, which is getting Mexico to straighten up and fly right to where Trump tweeted Mexico is cooperating so that the border, the border caravans and things of that nature are going to be a thing of the past 
because of what Kobach is doing. And Kobach clearly illustrates what should have been done all along and that what Kirsten Nielsen was fired for, not really going the extra mile and getting things done. And then you take a look at uh, the um, RVs and the, and, the, and the trailers from FEMA that they're going to put to good use. That's a shot across the bow that we know what the hell was going on with regard to Catholic charities and the fraud that was going on that perhaps Kirsten Nielsen was turning a blind eye to. And not only that, but her secretary, her deputy secretary as well. So these are things that we're seeing reveal itself in the ether. Not to mention, we could talk about Varsity Blues and all the plea deals and all the guilt and all the ilk that connects Hollywood with the the corruption in America. We could talk about the sex scandals and Nexvium and all the plea deals that are going on there, and what kind of um, information is being gathered and gained related to the plea deals. Because you don't just give a plea deal uh, when you you know when you don't have to. You get a plea deal to get other information that you otherwise wouldn't get. Then you take a look at Donald Trump's tweet t- tweets. He tweeted out Tom Fitton's uh, t- uh, tweets, he retweeted Tom Fitton's tweets from Judicial Watch, where there's new revelations that uncover 422 pages of FBI documents that show evidence of a cover-up. We got the Platte River revelations and those documents that FBI was actually whitewashing and not using, not uh, well, publicizing. Scott, I talked so we about know those cover-ups with Hillary that are being investigated. We know that William Barr is actually putting a team together to look at the counterintelligence to Spygate. So not only do you have email gate that's being looked at, you, and Trump is t- retweeting it. So Trump is aware of all this. You have the email gate, you have the Spygate, you have Varsity Blues, and you have the sex scandal, sex trafficking scandals. Then you have the Catholic Charities and the Border Security. Every one of these balls are now in play, and every one of them, is spelling doom and gloom and big trouble for the Democrats. Well, Scott, in the first hour, I also talked about Tom Fenton. I played the video so people actually listen to it because, unfortunately, in this day and age, people have a very short attention span. They just see what the tweet says, and then they retweet or like it without listening to it. And it was very important the way he articulated just how big of a cover-up this is. And uh, it was last year in the summer where I wrote an article about how uh, the um, Platte River Network um, colluded, how they were working together together with the FBI to give imaging. I restated that in an article where I described it and how Perkins Coy, you know, mitigated the email server. And remember, Perkins Coy, Robert Bauer, was also the attorney for President Obama at the time and, and still was his attorney before he was president and after he was president, as well as the attorney and the firm on hold, you know, and representing the DNC and Hillary Clinton. And we all know that these networks, crowds, uh, CrowdStrike, um, Fusion GPS were all paid by Perkins Coy in an account where monies were coming from the DNC, Hillary, and Obama as well. So how do you know which dollars paid for what? I mean, this implicates the former president of the United States as well. So it's a pretty hot mess in regards to the email server and the imaging. Um, as far as Barr, a lot of people were like, great, he's doing this, he's doing that. I love the fact that it was mentioned that a second council would only cause more 
problems, right? Because there's a He's there's a question for that. Like man. And you know, that spells big trouble for Lindsey Graham, by the way. And you, you just know that what's gonna happen is when they look into Spygate, they're gonna find out that John McCain and David Korn and Christopher Steele and Nellie Orr were all hobnobbing together along with David Kramer, uh, John McCain's foreign uh, advisor. Now, Lindsey Graham was tied at the hip with John McCain. The reason why Lindsey Graham had been advocating for the longest time, he's given up on this argument now, but he's been advocating, begging, pleading, getting down on his knees and swallowing. I don't know what he's been doing, but he's basically been trying to get the second uh, the second special counsel because he wants to actually remove the power and transfer power from William Barr and from uh, President Trump from the executive branch and put it into a fourth branch of government again where he can get a crony like Trey Gowdy to go ahead and steer clear of any obstacles that could get Lindsey Graham in a heap of trouble. I think this is going to spell doom for a lot of congressmen, and that's why they're so interested in finding out what exactly, what kind of spying was going on before the investigation's complete. And uh, William Barr testified today that spying was going on. It's a fact. And you know what? I'm actually in the middle of a tweet, tweeting to Andy Ostroy. You know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. So he sent out a tweet back in 2017 when President Trump tweeted out, how far and how low did Obama go to tap my phones? And he said, you just crossed a major line with this unconscionable accusation. False, unethical, despicable, libelous will backfire. Hashtag Trump. <laughs> um, you know, this is something unheard of. Our president was being monitored, not just in 2016, we know it's 2015, probably back to 2014 and even 2011 when they assumed that he was going to be running in 2012. And so this is all going to be coming to light. And he's just been vindicated because he was stating that on his campaign trail in 2006. You were going to make a comment about William Barr, though, before I interrupted you. What Uh, was that? Well, I still don't trust him. See, a good enemy or a good plant will um, give you what you want. Oh, you're talking about Carter Page, though. Well, no, I'm talking about in general. William Barr is going to give us a lot to gain the trust and the applaud of the nation. And now, you know, we have the Democrats screaming how he was a fix and how he postured himself. You heard them say it yesterday during his budget hearing. They were like, oh, you wrote this opinion so you can posture yourself and audition for the role of attorney general, which I said he did because he wanted to penetrate the Trump administration. Why else would he pen that? Okay, because why else? The why, answer else is he truly, he, why else? The yes. answer is he truly believes what he said. I like the fact that he didn't actually collaborate with Mueller. Did you check with Mueller when, before you wrote your report? He said, no, it's my letter. Well, actually, so, no, no. He said, he said he offered Mueller the opportunity to see it, and he refused. That's right. That's right. And I, I know why Mueller refused, because Mueller doesn't want to be on the hook for anything he disagrees with. But the fact that the two aren't really communicating, uh, you know, co- uh, they're cooperating together, I think is uh, a nice little detail. But in addition to that, I actually believe that William Barr, he's already checked at the, at the entrance by Matthew Whitaker. Matthew Whitaker has seen every dirty little trick, knows every little trick in the book. He knows every single detail and aspect of that case, along with John Huber 
and Michael Horowitz. And so all I'm going to say is that uh, William Barr is insured by the Trump team and that uh, he's been offered the opportunity to make history and make DOJ and FBI the gold standard of justice again. And I don't see why, if you're a lifelong person, you have an opportunity to actually be a hero and take the corruption out of the DOJ and the FBI and restore it to a gold standard of justice again, if there ever wasn't again, but that's how you make America great again, then that's what it's all about with Trump. I, I think Trump I make America with you. the I shining star on the hill and set the gold standard not only literally, but figuratively, uh, for the United States of America. And it starts with Lady Justice. Without justice, you have nothing. Scott, I don't see how you, you know, would say that Barr, yeah, you know, in a in a sudden turn of events, being such a corrupt person, remember, he is the one that privatized prisons. He was the one that promoted these super predator and filling up prisons. He was the one that walked Mina hand in hand and nailed it on Barry Seal and Noriega. I do not trust Barr. He is giving okay. so that he can get. And if he's the one that's going to supposedly clean the Justice Department, he's not. He's just going to make it better so that they can hide better this time. Let me ask William Barr about that question, about his incarceration uh, and his, you know, his, his history back in the 90s. Do you know what his answer was? No, go ahead. It was, it was that the, those are different circumstances, a different kind of crime pattern uh, where they, they don't have to deal with that same kind of level of crime uh, that was happening at the time. So, so you buy that, Scott? You really buy that? Different. I, I have to buy it because that's what he said under oath. Right, but I don't buy but, it because they say a lot of things oh, under oath, as we see. They said a lot of things right. under oath that were false. I have faith in Trump, and I have I have faith in our president, and I have faith in the decisions that he's making, the alliances that he has made with not only uh, Chris Kobach, uh, I like what Chris Kobach has brought to the table with regard to a lot of the different solutions that Trump is adopting for border security and, Im and immigration control. Um, but I also like what he's done, you know, across the board with uh, with our Treasury. Uh, did you see the beatdown that that Steve Mnuchin gave to Maxine Waters yesterday? I did. I did. I did. But I'm just saying. We cannot trust William Barr. An enemy will never come to you as an enemy. They will come to you bearing gifts, and they will be serving okay. you, and they will be uh, to you. Why would Trump do it then? Because every clown has a purpose. Why do you think he had everyone else around him? This is how you weed it out. You follow them. That is how it's done. You always need someone, an enemy from the from the inside, to guide you he to got areas that you don't. with Rod Rosenstein. And, uh, but never and, taken and with Robert Mueller. Yeah, but this is a long-standing group of people, far networked with media, it with has Hollywood, globally. Though, when you actually put a white hat in charge, there has to be a moment in time, or you'll never ever get justice. And the only you'll way never you never get justice with a clown. Right. All, at some point, you put the clowns in to actually lead you into the pit. Correct. You know, you, the, the guy, the snake is the only thing that can sliver its way into a snake pit. I get that. I understand traps and using the keys to get you into the traps. But at this point now, it's time that we actually get justice. We already know who all the bad actors are. And we know that they're plenty. And uh, 
And I just think that at that, at this point, justice is is about to be served. That's well, I'm, and I'm ready. Yeah, for but the thing is, when Barr testified, he said that there's a group of people, uh, you know, that are in this Mueller report that could cause harm to their public persona that they won't seek to uh, prosecute that he needs to conceal, and that's most likely government officials from around the world. Let's keep let's keep a good skeptical mind, but let's keep our eyes open because at the end of the day. You know, in uh, but by the end of this year, I suspect we're going to see a lot of things that we were all hoping to see. And I would say going into the fall, we're going to start to see real progress made in the form of justice for all. Well, I'm still of the fact that somewhere along the line this summer, Barr will not recuse himself, but refuse to prosecute. And one thing I wanted to say in conjunction with this is President Trump is on his way to San Antonio yeah, today. Yeah, he is. He landed. And in the conference, you know, on his way to Marine One, you know, walking out of the White House, he said that the American public is is energized. They, they're, they're desperately seeking justice. They want to see justice prevail. And that his base and America in general wants to see an end put to this, but not an end without justice, an end where people are held accountable for, you know, the treasonous. And he also referred to the acts that Barr is now putting a team together to investigate the, the counterintelligence spy ring, which he doesn't even have to investigate because John Huber has already done all that investigation. It's basically putting a team together to collaborate with John Huber and then issue the, I think this stuff's going to happen very quickly. But Trump even today complimented Bar and coordinated with Barr that the people want to see justice and that what was done against him should never be done again, that there needs to be an example made, and that treason was enacted uh, in that effort. And it's the treasonous part that says that people who are going to be caught are going to do a lot of jail time. And this is all fact. This is on the books. Trump said it. Barr said it. And if we want to be skeptical, that's okay. But let's just let's just wait and see what happens. Well, I'm enjoying everything that Barr is doing right now. He's uh, putting a lot of feet to fire, and the president is applauding him, just like he did many times before to clowns that he's exited out. Remember that. So it means nothing to me that he applauds and he props him up, uh, because that is just he's doing a great job. I uh, I was so excited to hear him say definitively, nope. He was being wiretapped in 2016. A lot of people are eating crow right now. And the fact is, how did this? Impl- how does this implicate uh, President Barack Hussein Obama? And in the end, impeaching 44 would be the ultimate prize for all of America because well, nothing actually, happens in your incarcerating 44 would be the ultimate <laughs> prize. I could give, give a crap if he gets impeached. Right, there, I want to see true. him bars where he belongs well he's 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 been acting really funny lately traveling around and comey's still in new zealand waiting to see if that citizenship according to uh sources we can't confirm because we're not allowed to get applications how did, how did comey give the uh interview uh with christian amanapur you think christian went to new zealand i don't know could he because he's still there he's hanging out in queenstown Pretty interesting, hmm. right? I know. It's really interesting. Like where they're all going, Podesta, him. Does cartwheels just to cover up yeah, you know, for the clowns. 
Yeah, exactly. And we've seen that a lot of people have gone suddenly silent, haven't we? Just tons of people, quiet all of a sudden. Not really talkative, not really present. Feinstein, on the other hand, super quiet too. Well, you know what? Nunez is going to drop the bomb with eight eight uh, refer- criminal referrals. They'll be likely called back up to, uh, I think that uh, Lindsey Graham is going to call these folks back from New Zealand and into the uh, Capitol uh, to get a judicial committee hearing before the Senate committee. And uh, that'll be interesting, too, because when they're called, they have to leave their little nest and come out of hiding. You know, there's an unsung hero uh, that has been sitting in at the Capitol on the Hill for many years, and that's Grassley. I mean, he's been fighting for the people for how long, Scott? From the late 90s, he's been fighting for truth. He's been poking around. He has been demanding transparency. I mean, this guy is an unsung hero, seriously. Everything that I see from investigations, even uh, something that I, I wrote an article about how, you know, Obama had killed a huge ICE investigation by defunding it, where they located 5,000 names, some of them including people with the highest clearance available involved in creating, disseminating, or obtaining, or having child pornography. And that investigation was killed, and the only person that raised his voice was actually Grassley. And that speaks volumes because he's just one of those guys that's just there and he's been making a lot of noise and he's got to be made a Teflon man because he's still there. So he's he's one of those unsung heroes that I would love to see come up to take a more prominent role uh, within our government or even in the administration uh, after 2020 because with these uh, criminal referrals that are being made, we're going to have a lot of people exiting the House and the Senate uh, because we know one of those are going to Adam Schiff. Uh, we know one of those are going to Nadler for sure uh, because they were the ones that said that they, they had seen the Mueller report. They purported knowingly, knowingly false information to sway Congress. I mean, those were the words stated by even Jim Jordan when they were discussing these and Nunez. Um, and then we have two of them that are going to be conspiracy statute ones, which is a lot of people involved and reporters, specifically three of them. Uh, who do you think those three reporters are, Scott? <laughs> There's a lot of them, actually. Um, it depends. You know, I really think that it comes from the top down. And uh, I think Zucker is definitely implicated. I think there was a lot of reporters that lost their jobs already uh, because they were compromised. You know, Matt Lauer comes to mind. But if you're talking about someone like, uh, you know, Jake Tapper or Chris Como, um, there's a lot of different names you can name. Uh, Brian Stelter comes to mind. Don Lamont. Um, congratulations to Don Lamont, though. He's getting married to his boyfriend. Um, <laughs> Who's white, by uh, the way, but white people, white males are bad. What? Well, Don Lemonhead always says that white males are, you know, bad and evil, yet he's marrying a white male. So that's kind of weird. Just saying. That's true, actually. Yeah. yeah, I forgot what color the the, uh, the boyfriend was. Yeah, but, no, uh, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. just pointing it out. It's I like was, they loathe each other. Too- 
So who do you think it is of the three? I don't think it's Chris Matthews. I think it might be a Rachel Maddow. It might be um, a Brian Stelter. I think he's compromised for sure. Uh, Jake Tapper, Chris Como. Uh, these are all people that come to mind. Chris Cuomo for sure because of his connections with New York and de Blasio and the Times. And I think Maggie from the Times as well um, is maybe one of those journalists. We've got someone at BuzzFeed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty much more focused on the people that then disseminate. So Z- Sucker Zucker uh, could be one of them. Uh, you know, did you notice that, again, they banned our president? Uh, they, they, they took down one of his tweets again in the name of uh, copyright again. Did you see that? No. Yeah. So I published an article right before I came on air where I – yeah, he didn't have a chance. Yeah, no, he yet. posted he posted that video yesterday, and it was taken down again for copyright. And it was more of a MAGA video showing his successes, showing their lies, showing what he's done. It's kind of like more of a 2020 campaign video, and they took it down. So Twitter is full out, shamelessly censoring our own president. Oh, I know that was a really well choreographed video, right? It was incredible. It was incredible. Um, the way it was put together, uh, I, I didn't get to see, uh, hear the music because I was watching it on silent yesterday. Actually. Pardon? It opened up with Barack Obama's face. Yes, it, correct. It, it covered a lot of different um, media figures in it. It was a professional. It was a really well done video. Yeah, and the article in there, I've put the first um, meme that was removed, and then it was recreated uh, with all the shots and the original REM music, but it also had the words of the president. I put it in there. That's the first one that they removed off of the president's tweet timeline uh, back in on February fifteenth. And yesterday, uh, he posted a video that was created by someone, and I haven't been able to determine who created it. Um, again, citing copyright. So some AV editor actually had taken that video, the whole video and added another copy, you know, you know, without any, um, any rights needed, no royalties or anything, just free music in the background. And it is incredible. Like the video hits home. If he actually used that for the 2020 campaign, that's it. And we all have to understand that the 2020 election. Oh, I think it was a 2020 campaign ad. Yes, it was. It was. It was created by someone. And they took it down for copyright infringement. And that's the thing. They're censoring. Censorship and voter fraud is the only way they can even remotely be competitive in 2020. Remotely. And I just want to say, did you see how I was right about Yang coming up in late spring? And then going boom? Because he's on CNN. He's everywhere. And people are pushing it. Because they're still on the fence. Do we go with a gay mayor from uh, Washington? Do we go with crazy Beto that looks like he's on speed? Do we go with Yang, who is well-spoken, successful, and, you know, people love him. He's like a tamed version, but more aggressive in policies than Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, on the other hand, just today introduced a Medicare for All Act. That's insane. So the Democrats are pushing everywhere to pull a narrative from all these people that buy into this socialism that it's not really socialism. It's like partial socialism. Have you ever heard that argument? Because that one drives me insane. It's not everything social. It's not really socialism if it's only some aspects of socialism. 
You know, we should all right. get Medicare for all. We should all have free education. We should all get, you know, um, money just for existing because we're a rich nation. And it's like you do realize we have $23 trillion in debt. And the only way we can fix this is by killing the Federal Reserve. Yeah, but, you know, it doesn't matter. It, it'll come back to us better when everyone has free health care. Um, you mean bankruptcy? Because I don't see how we're going to cover all that. If we don't kill the Federal Reserve and go back to a gold back currency and pull ourselves out of this global system, how, how do we get rid of this debt? We just add more to it with Medicare for all. How do we organize that? Where we have, hmm. you know, people deciding our health. I mean, our older people right now are under something like that. The Medicare service that they get, they can't really get. They've got to get it approved by their insurance to allow them to have a medication or a test. So is that where we're taking it? Oh, because everybody gets healthcare. It's okay if we have to wait for approvals from people that are not our doctors, but they're just the people that are supposed to pay. This is where it's going. And people aren't understanding that because they're too dumb to understand it from all this propaganda being pushed. I mean, how do you see it? This is a really big push for them on the 2020 elections to keep this Russian narrative alive, which is pretty much dead. And now they're pushing all these socialist ideas as a way to help the, the people. I mean, how do you see them formulating those arguments and sustaining them uh, to even convince people of the right to join them? It's junior league. You know, it's absolutely junior league. You know, I um, I tweeted this out, you know, about uh, the um, Ocasio-Cortez, the Ocasio-Cortez uh, New Green Deal, for, Green New Deal, for example, because John Kerry was on Capitol Hill. And John Kerry uh, made this uh, really wickedly mean statement. He says, in pro proposing what uh, Ocasio-Cortez has proposed together with Senator Markey, Congresswoman at AOC has in fact offered more leadership in one week than President Trump has in his lifetime on climate change. And that it dawned on me then that, you know, the only reason why they bring these things up like so cockamamie, like they start they start the border security issue out with open borders and abolishing ICE and, and sanctuary cities and amnesty for everyone. That, let's talk. Let's negotiate from this platform. Right. And it's like ridiculous. That's not where you start to negotiate you start to negotiate in the middle and work your way out it's not at the top with everything going to you and you just ship away on your way down that's not how you negotiate and the same thing is true with the new green new deal she wants to talk about a hundred trillion dollar never to be paid for impossible trains over water kind of no planes refit every building most ridiculous thing on the planet. It's like junior league. It's like a two-year-old wouldn't even think so stupidly. And yet that's where she wants to start the dialogue. And John Kerry, who's as dumb as a post, thinks that he's going to outwit everybody. And the guy that was funny, the guy, the senator, brings John Kerry up. The, he says, you have a science degree from Yale, don't you? And Kerry goes, no, I have a, business of, uh, a Bachelor of Arts degree. He's like, but you... You studied political science? He said, so you're a pseudoscientist pushing pseudoscience on climate change. What, what makes you qualified? And so the point I said was this. I said, more proof that the only reason why AOC introduced her ridiculous Green New Deal is akin to offering a lemon for $1 million, hoping to sell it for half. That would be $500,000 for a lemon. Thank you. 
who who would have that discussion right why would you ever enter a discussion with that being the starting point and that's what they want to do they want to talk about you know bernie sanders announcement today of a, a 32 trillion dollar health plan they want to talk about a hundred trillion dollar green new deal it's basically epa on steroids all of this amounts to redistribution of wealth on steroids and the other part is the open borders policy. This is where they are. This is where they want to start the discussion. And they want to maybe give you 20% of that. If you give me 20% of a million dollar lemon, I'm still going to pay $800,000 for a lemon. I'm never going to do it. And so why even bother wasting your time with the conversation? But that's where the liberals are right now. But they're going to have to deal with other issues, too, like infanticide. They're going to have to deal with Ilhan Omar referring to the 9-11 event as some people did some things and therefore care uh, was established and uh, to protect you know, our civil liberties uh, against the white man who happens to think it's the 9-11 was bad. Right. I mean, so I, it was good, in other words. That's what she was saying. It's no big deal. They just did some things. All some people, people did some things. Did some things? Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? Mm -hmm. She should be censored. Should be taken off the foreign affairs. She's a foreign affairs committee member. She should be out. She should be taken off. Yeah, no, she should be out because she claimed jihad and a guy followed through the thwarted attack in Washington that, that, that just happened at the end of March on the heels of her speech. But remember is that there's new science coming out related to mar uh, marijuana and and also studies that are proving that it's not a tax haven it doesn't help the state with its tax burdens it, and it's actually going to cost the state once you start looking at um you know people walking into poles uh you know driving their cars off the road and uh and health con other health concerns that are going to result in schizophrenia and lower productivity and a lot of other things they're going to weigh it out and it's going to be a boondoggle it's going to be a real mess and so i just think that when you take a look at pot trump trump flips colorado when you take a look at ilhan omar and Tlaib and uh keith ellison trump flips minnesota he's when not, you take no, a look no, at no, infanticide no, 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 no. trump is not flipping North minnesota Democrats, he's not flipping minnesota He's not. He's not. They just approved to give illegal immigrants uh, driver's licenses last week. Um, we, the, in Minnesota is gone. And Minnesota is a very big strategic point uh, for the, the, this creeping Sharia. Uh, they, they have now uh, made it legal for illegals to have driver's licenses. Yeah, but Minnesota went for Trump against Hillary. Well, here's the thing. It's not happening now because we have Jelani. get sick and tired of Ilhan Omar, they will. Yeah, but the thing is, they've imported so many of them that their voice will be smothered. You know, they have fixed their elections to such, such a point that there is no fixing it. They have Jelani, the president of the CARE chapter there, on the advisory board of the governor. The governor right now, as we speak, is touring, uh, you know, mosques to talk about how he's, and he created, actually, three new units with taxpayer dollars to fight Islamophobia. They have Sharia police active. Little Mogadishu has an increase, that area where it's all just Somalis and Liberian refugees, uh, you know, and they're proliferating at an alarming rate as well. They have their Sharia police and crime in the area has gone up by 56%. But that's just yeah, one you aspect. Know, you know what, though? Uh, I still think Trump can flip Minnesota. And guess what? 
Trump is 53% right now, seven points higher than Obama was at the same juncture, and he gets 94% bad press. Obama got a lot of favorable press. Take a look at what uh, Candace Owens did yesterday on Capitol Hill. She did amazing. I mean, she did a complete smackdown of Lou, Lou uh, Representative Lou, uh, who lied on the stand, basically taking things out of context. She kicked butt and was a rock star yesterday. And let me tell you something about Candace Owens. She is single-handedly running this Blexit thing, and it's going to be wonderful, along with President Trump's um, second second step program uh, for uh, prison reform uh, re- to end recidiv- reduce recidivism rates, uh, the, uh, also prison reform in terms of uh, addressing the you know overstays in uh, incarcerations, things that actually resonate very well in the black communities. But then, of course, un- un- historically, the high, the best un- black unemployment rate, the lowest black unemployment rate in the history of America. And when you take consideration of that, plus the things that Candace Owens is doing, uh, you're starting to see the black support for President Trump go from. 15 to 17%, it's going to be probably at anywhere from 35 to 50% by the time Election Day rolls well, around. Well, you remember at the end of January when Kamala Harris and Cory Booker were pushing this lynching bill and then the Jussie Smollett thing happened, right? That was in, right. that was part of their bigger plan, which obviously right now we're seeing that Kamala Harris has been missing in action, hasn't she, Scott? She's nowhere right. to be found. But we see Cory <laughs> Booker, who's now introducing a bill on slavery reparations. So basically, he's trying to buy the black vote saying you're going to get money just because you're black because right. they so owe Tom you. James and Obama and Kobe Bryant and uh, Ben Carson are all going to get reparations from you and me exactly that's what he's saying so i'm supposed to pay someone for something i never did in order to make them feel better so all the losers out there that drink the kool-aid thinking that their life is a hot mess or they've been incarcerated because someone else did something to them or it's just because of their skin color which doesn't make sense in 2019 right um they should get paid for it They should receive money because, you know, an ancestor from someone, and I know it's not me because my family didn't come to the United States until the 1900s, right? Uh, And actually, it would be my father. They were migrants. So, but I'm going to have to pay because I'm not black. That's the way it is. This is what Cory Booker is pushing. So they're countering everything well, with more, stupid bills. More of, a, the, more of a reason where America gets divided is, is as soon as you start to put your hand in one person's pocket and play hero and say, here, uh, over here, I want my voter block to get that other person's money. And I'm going to take my hand. You know, like I always say, you know, when you, if you borrow from Peter to pay Paul, you could always depend on Paul's support. And that's what they that's the game they play. And that right now they're playing it with the illegal Hispanics. They're uh-huh. playing that game. Yes, that they group. are. Yes, they are. And the black people are watching them do it and saying, hey, you used to give that money to me. Now you're taking the money out of my pocket and giving it to them. What's that about? No, I see it from a different lens now. You know, I see it from the coach's lens rather than the athlete's lens. You know, it's a whole different perspective. And that's what happens. And uh, I'm telling you, they're squandering every bit of value out of that what used to be, you know, a legit party. Uh, I never really agreed with it, but I got to say, this is not your grandpa's Democrat party. 
And if they think that they're going to keep any anything of their center left, and if they think they're going to get any votes from the independents, uh, they're going to have to think again that that ship has sailed. Well, okay, so let's talk 2020 elections. The people that we have now that are visible, obviously, is Cory Booker with his crazy reparations act. We have um, Bernie Sanders with his insane Medicare. Cory Booker, Spartacus. Yes, yes, Spartacus. (laughs) We have insane Bernie Sanders, the communist, uh, putting forward Medicare for All Act. We have the gay man from Washington. With the – with a video of Venezuela burning in the background. you got to add that. Right, yeah. <laughs> and we also have the, the Washington mayor who's gay and um, well-spoken, and his platform is pretty much uh, a mish- you know, mishmash of climate change. Well, who's the Washington mayor? How do you pronounce him? Berlinger? What is it? He was on— Buddy Egg? Buddy Egg? Yeah, that one. That's, and, that's not Washington. That's South Bend. No, he was, no um, wait. Who's the Washington mayor? Come on, man. Let me get his name. Could have sworn that was it because I saw him in the news. I read about the little white guy that was in the military that actually bashed Pence recently. Hey, hold on. I'll I'll tell you. It's uh, where is he? From South Things Indiana. are changing. Yeah, Pete Buddy Egg, because he has the courage to say who they are and what they stand for. Like the Democrats on the 4 a.m. drop were talking about him, and he's running for president. He, yeah, he's the, it's South Bend, not Washington. I don't know why I said that. Um, he actually served. He's military, ex-military, graduate of Harvard and Oxford. So he's well-spoken, smart. Really? With the the evangelicals, he'll never get that vote. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. the 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 bottom line is, is that he's your middle kind of on the road thing, and they're trying to gather around him uh, to say he's well spoken, he's diverse. We should go for this, and the liberals will accept that you know, over the extremists. Husband, he can't drum up a crowd, right? But then we have also Yang. So these are the players. Kamala Harris is out with the Jussie Smollett hoax. We don't see her anywhere. Beto is just insane. But like I said, he raised a lot of money in nine days. And uh, it's all about fattening the DNC account. Beto's crowd in Iowa? No. He couldn't even fill up a church. I mean, literally, (laughs) he he basically had about 100 people show up in Iowa for his rally. Well, Yang is actually pulling in numbers, though. On my social media, it's it's an unbelievably small crowd. Yeah, but Yang actually pulled in 1,500 people in some no-name city um, to come see him, and he's now well, no, gaining traction. I think that you're right about Yang being uh, probably the you know the biggest front-runner right now. I think that people don't even know it, but Yang is going to be uh, going to the front of that pack because mm-hmm. there's just a whole sea of losers. I mean, Joe Biden, the former vice president of the United States for the last eight years, prior to uh trump can't even get out of the gate like mm-hmm. a horse it mm-hmm. just it's like no that horse is going to have to go because he can't go in his stall you know it's like just that's that's a guy that's a fish that can't even hunt that's how bad we were led mm-hmm. over the last eight years is you have a vice president that can't even launch a campaign successfully because of all his fraud He's sniffing touching right. pedophilia and his son getting three million dollars from the Ukraine illegally, and then he goes and strong arms using government uh, foreign policy to withhold one billion dollars from Ukraine until they fire the prosecutor that's actually going after his son. 
Yeah, it's it's it, he's never he's he was never going to lift off. Uh, you know, no matter what excuse you put out, if you're bold enough to do all that and say all that and sniff all that and touch all that in front of cameras, you can only imagine what he does without cameras. So the the, the players that I see is this guy Buteg, uh, uh, Corey Booker, believe it or not, Beto, maybe Bernie Sanders and gang. And Bernie Sanders, here's where I'm going to put a tinfoil hat on. But he has the same crazy scar that McCain had, uh, you know, a year before McCain died. So I'm just saying, I know they say he slipped in the shower, but it's just really creepy that it looks so similar. And so if I was to be the same scar, the same scar above the same eye. Yeah. No, he didn't get beat up. <laughs> no, no. They said that he fell in the shower or something. But the no. thing is, it's in the same place. Well, he slipped on the treadmill. He fell in the shower. You know, Hillary's falling all over the place. What's up? Yeah, but I'm just saying it's just creepy that it's over the same eye, same scar. And a year before, you know, uh, we found out McCain had a tumor. We found out he was dying. He had that same scar. And what I was saying is, hey, if Bernie Sanders actually cinches the nomination, but then expires before he can actually, you know, run. This is how they delay 2022, right? To create the ballots again and do some special, you know, nomination or something. Yang, about Bernie winning. Yeah, but I'm Seriously. saying Yang will go in, not winning, but actually taking the DNC nomination. And that's where I see that they'll slot in Yang to take <laughs> over. Pardon? Uh, there's no chance that Bernie's going to win anything. He might actually take the DNC uh, nomination because he will have the most support. He will I have the it. most. I, I, the money talks and the crowds talk. He's the only one actually I, drawing crowds. I think it very well could be Yang. Well, no, I know it's going to be Yang. I'm telling you that it could be that he collects all the votes from the DNC. He gets the nomination, right? He gets put on the ballot. But then just after he does that, something happens and he dies and Yang takes it. That's what I'm thinking because Yang is most similar to Bernie. So you can shift the Bernie supporters there a lot easier uh, because everyone knows that Bernie's election last year, the last cycle, they stole it from him. They were burning ballots. They were fixing it for Hillary and they took it away from him he was reluctant you know, to give it away realistic. huh trump winning trump winning in 2020 oh, he's gonna is win the most the 95 chance that he's gonna win and you know what's great about that that china and mexico and north korea are all going to straighten up and fly right iran uh that whole thing the move that they did with the terrors uh, you know the iranian national guard and the terrorism i love that you know why we, we have this uh, new World Bank member. The World Bank member is, uh, what's his name? Um, David Malpass, who's replaced the Asian guy that was an Asian American. And that's going to help us with not only Mexico, it's going to help us with China, but it's also going to help us with our allies when we sanction the hell out of Iran because we've now declared them a terrorist group. Well, so. I think that really the better thing to talk, you know, the, the better thing that we can embrace is reality. And the reality is that 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 um, Bernie Sanders and and Wang and all of these critters are not going to even come close to beating Trump. No one in says that they're going to win. I think it's 
landslide of epic proportions. It will, and we see it. And speaking of Iran, you know, the sanctions are flying like crazy. Yesterday, the Justice Department put out an announcement how they held Standard Charter Bank responsible for laundering money with Iran, violation of Iranian sanction, and they agreed to pay more than $1 billion. This is Standard Chartered Bank. And it was out of London and companies and Iranians. And this was done under the watch of the Obama administration and the Clinton administration. Like people should actually read the DPA that they signed, you know, um, and, you know, which is like the deferred prosecution agreement, which means if you guys pay this and if you guys don't break the law and, and, and you stay clean, then we can withdraw this ding from your record and not expelling you from doing business within the United States. So they literally agreed to pay forfeiture of $240 million, a fine of $480 million, and then financial transactions of another, they're like 240 and then a billion dollars here. I mean, it is a resolution that was put together that sends a very, very loud message to the financial institutions operating within the United States and in countries of our allies. That if you try to bypass any sanctions we do as a country, uh, uh, you know, like we did to Iran, right? Then you will have to pay the piper. They are not letting people go on this. That, so when speaking with Iran. Declaration, I mean, that, that terrorist declaration was important for that. Well, you know, this is why we, they put it together. Uh, and, and, and if people are. The World Bank is friendlier to the United States now than we've ever had. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. But I'm just saying that our president is tackling uh, the enemy states and the, you know, because Iran in, in, in essence has a lot of business conducting right now with the European Union. The European Union is under fire for financing Iran by way of purchasing their oil that is being funneled through Turkey. Because the oil that goes through Turkey that then in turn goes to the EU is from Iran. So the question is, you know, you're funding Iran, you're keeping their economy stable by buying oil, yet you're pushing your own sanctions against Russia, which is your alternative. I mean, it's not anybody's fault that you don't have any energy, you don't have any deals. And if you're buying it through Turkey, who Turkey is getting it from Iran, that means you're funding them. So this is a crackdown. This is where it's going. And the EU is crumbling, basically, because with the Brexit, we give them energy we give them trade and they're not dependent on the EU. And thus we can hold the EU accountable for violating what sanctions against Iran that they refuse to abide by. And the sanctions controlled a lot of ways by the world bank. They're enforced by the world bank. David Malpass uh, worked as the undersecretary in the U S department of treasury. He's a Republican better than the Asian guy whose name slips my mind, but he was corrupt as high heaven he was so corrupt this guy and uh and he was ousted that's why we got david malpass typically the imf is appointed by the europeans and the world bank is has an appointment that's made by the united states so the chinese guy he was favorable to china and also favor you know radical socialist uh in line with uh, obama's way of thinking yeah, no, I agree. So we only have like less than three minutes left. What do you expect to see out of San Antonio today? 
Yeah, what is it? Well, actually, you tell me what's going on. I'm a little bit behind the, the well, curve I'm, on Well, that. I'm what, hearing that he's holding a rally there, but you know what's interesting is that a lot of news came out of San Antonio yesterday. There were op-eds by the U.S. attorney talking about human trafficking, talking about child trafficking, and problems at the border. So this, coupled with the fact that he's visiting people there, is uh, you know indicative of a huge crackdown because out of Texas right now, we're seeing a lot of organized crime gangs going down. Basically a wink and a nod saying, I know. The reason why it's San Antonio, you know, I think he does a lot of things. I think Trump does a lot of things that are symbolic, symbolic gestures that actually, you know, is like a tea leaf or a shot across the bow saying there's a reason why I pick San Antonio. Wink, wink. Yeah, exactly. Um, So uh, another thing is, is that if you uh, look at the Justice Department, there are a lot of gangs being taken out for trafficking, drug trafficking, like one by one. And all of them are getting plea deals, which means they're giving up more people, which is super insane. Like we're, it's, when I said it's going to be April showers, it's April showers and people aren't seeing it. And what uh, a trend that I'm noticing is that people that are associate generals, uh, councils that are U.S. attorneys, that are police officers, that are FBI agents, that are BCI agents, that are employees of states are literally being thrown in jail for fraud, for um, ripping off the government for funds and, you know, just a lot of public corruption. Like it's really coming out. There's a whip and it's being cracked. And the thing is, these cases are coming out even though they started in 2017. So that means the minute he swore in, he was running out of the gate to get this done. Um, So Scott, are you excited to see the rally today? Like what speeches are going to be coming out of San Antonio? Trump is my rock star. He is my North Star and my rock star. I love every (laughs) rally that Trump gives. I never miss them. Yeah, no, me too. I agree with you on that. Um, Tomorrow, I'm going to have Cindy Gomez-Shemp on. We're going to spend two hours talking about the border crisis. Uh, She is a Mexican-American. She has her own show called Mexican Crossing Lines, and she has some really good sources on the Mexican end of things. Uh, And tomorrow, we're going to be talking about um, Senator Jeff Merkley and Representative Correa's visit to the Agape Center uh, down in Tijuana and how the little children that he spoke with then are suddenly now in the United States at the Mesa Ate Detention Center, which is pretty curious. How do they jump the queue and go to the front of the line? Um, on that note, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the Tory Says Show. Uh, everyone, you mm-hmm. can follow Scott on Twitter at at Scott Adams show and uh, go to www.scottadamshow for the latest from him on that note from all of us here at red state. We wish you a great evening and a God bless. See you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in.